what do I say? You say your name. Laura. Latara. Like oh, okay. <laughs> and this is. <laughs> hey, oh everybody. God. I'm Latara. Hi, I'm Laura. And this is. Passions, Passions Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> and we still don't know how to do this. <laughs> no, I think we've got it. I think we, I think we do it the way we do it. Like, I think what we do is what we do. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, inter- is indeterminate. <laughs> You know, we're just we're just a couple of goofballs. Yeah, it's just like we just do some aleatoric music at the beginning. <laughs> aleatoric. Just I've never that. heard that word in my life. You never heard aleatoric? No, it's like indeterminate. Mean? Oh, I've never heard it's that the same, word. It's basically the same thing. Wow, I just learned a new word. Yeah, so it's like you know, improv. I'm ready for my SATs now. <laughs> All right, so today we're talking about episodes, what, of Passions? 276 through 280. Yeah. Can you even believe it? I, I, the 200s are flying by. They are. Flying by. It felt like it took so long to get to 100. Because it did. And then it also felt like it took a long time to get to 200. Yeah. And now 300 is upon us. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, more things are finally starting to happen. Yeah. And we're not just dealing, we're, we're dealing with, new problems within the bigger scheme of problems yeah which makes it much more interesting so yeah i'm grateful yeah so we're gonna get started let's get it started ha! Let's, let's get it started in here and running and running wait running running and 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 running running okay we don't have enough people to keep going it also is so low and running, running. That's like where I talk. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> low, Laura. <laughs> All right, so okay, let's get started. Right, we're gonna do fate. Let's talk about fate. I love it. Okay, everyone can tell something is wrong with Chad, but rather than be honest with Whitney, he literally dances away from her and goes outside to bleed out and die. <laughs> <laughs> Kay and Simone discover Chad passed out on the pier and take him back to the Russell home for medical care. A disoriented and dying Chad ends up in a precarious situation with Whitney before Eve finally tends to his wounds. While he rests and recovers, Kay continues to sow seeds of discord between the Russell sisters. Meanwhile, things have gone off the rails on the wrong side of the tracks. (laughs) 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 I hate myself. Things have gone off the rails <laughs> on the wrong side of the tracks. I wrote it and I was like, fuck you, Laura, but I'm going to nah, do it anyway. I love it. All right. Meanwhile, things have gone off the rails on the wrong side of the tracks. Teresa discovers a picture of her and Ethan playing together when they were children, which kicks off the absurd notion that they are meant to be together since they've known each other their whole lives. And he gave her a rag doll one time. <laughs> <laughs> After dinner, Rebecca tries to convince Gwen something is going on between Teresa and Ethan, while Ethan tries to convince Teresa the opposite is true. Bitch, you should do stand-up. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. Thank you. Good job. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just wrote down what happened. Yeah, so where do you want to start with these people? <clears throat> we starting with Ethan and Teresa? It doesn't matter. It's a, I, I, whatever. Because they're about to have that dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because they're at the house they're and they at- found the attache case. Yeah. Oh, my God. This attache case. <laughs> this briefcase. <laughs> I never did look up the difference. It, there gonna, is you know, no difference. I'm going to do it right now. I want to know. 
There is no difference. Practically interchangeable. Yeah. Then what's the, the difference? Same thing. The, uh, Tell me, Buffalo Jackson. The cranes use the words attache because it's fancier instead mm. of brief because briefs are underwear. The word attache is coined by the French referring to an administrative member of an ambassador's staff. Ambassadors and their staff, or attachés, carried their papers and documents in slim cases that became known as the attaché case. Conversely, the word briefcase has its root in the legal field. A brief is a summary of the facts and legal positions supporting arguments in judicial proceedings. Lawyers carried their briefcases, their briefs in a case, thus a briefcase. Okay, yeah. so they're identical. It's the same thing. The cranes just want to be fancy and say the, a French word. The exact same thing. Yeah. Okay, well... Glad I wasted all of our time with that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it was, that was really educational. We're learning words today. A- Aeolian, what was it? It was aleatoric. <laughs> aleatoric. I immediately go to modes. <laughs> <laughs> aleatoric. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. No, keep talking, please. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to cut, you have to cut some of this out. <laughs> cut, probably all yeah, of this. No, well, the part where you were Googling and yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of you. Oh Don't worry. God. Okay. So then Ethan has that attache case. He's holding on to it. He's questioning Teresa about the case. And it seems very like accusatory, it like does. as if she stole it. Yeah. I don't think it seems that way. I think it is that way. Yeah. I think that these wealthy people who have been graciously invited over by their housekeeper's daughter so she could make them dinner are now accusing her of stealing his mother's and mother-in-law's fancy attache case. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, so tell me, Teresa, why do you have my mother's attache case? What's it doing here? So then Pilar kind of walks in on this and is like scared to death Mm -hmm. of what she walks in on this scene. And Teresa looks at him and says, well, I I don't know why it's here, but I can tell you what's in it. Yeah, she's like, well, your mother asked my mother to have it here. So, like, I don't understand what the problem is. And she says, I think she does tell him there are papers in there concerning you. Like his birth certificate. Yeah. He's like, concerning me? Let's see what they are. And he goes to unlock it. Pilar freaks out. She's like, no. (laughs) And he can't get to it because he's an idiot. And he even says, my mother insisted I memorize the combination and then he couldn't remember the combination. His yeah. sharp legal mind. Also, if Ivy had all of those papers in this attache case, why would she insist that he memorize the combination? <laughs> because Ivy, deep, deep down, wants Ethan to know the truth. I guess. Deep, deep down, Ivy wants Ethan to know that he is Sam Bennett's son. Because one day... He would stumble upon the truth himself. Okay. Because to me, that seems like really uh, playing with fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, But yeah, he's an idiot and he can't get it open. Um, Of course, he's just too dumb. (laughs) Uh, He's just too dumb. (laughs) He is. Um, He does eventually get it unlocked after so many people just asking like what's in there what why like we stand around doing this for so long (laughs) he says quote with glee on his face the biggest smile now i'm gonna find out all the secrets about me (laughs) (laughs) and so he's such a dope (laughs) he gets it unlocked he gets it unlocked and pilar tells him not to open it and gwen says um i bet she, she gwen's like 
Why doesn't Pilar want you to open it? Wait a minute. I know I've got this figured out. Gwen, baby, you never have anything figured out. None of the people who say, oh, I know I haven't figured it out. They never know. Gwen, they are always wrong all the time. Gwen never has it figured out, but she thinks she has it figured out. And she says, I'm sure she goes, Ethan, isn't it obvious? And he's like, no. <laughs> no. Every, and literally everybody in the room's like, no. <laughs> and so she's like, I'm sure Ivy asked Pilar to make a memory book for us for the wedding. And it's a surprise. And you're going to ruin the surprise if you open the attache case. Isn't that right, Pilar? And Pilar's like, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So now Pilar's got to make a fucking book by tomorrow. A memory book. I love that Gwen. Gwen, I don't love this, but I think it suits her character and says a lot about who she is. Gwen assumes everything all the time is about her. Yep. Including this, which Teresa and Pilar have said, Ivy gave it to us for safekeeping. And it's all documents about Ethan documents, Mm -hmm. not photos, not this and that, not baby shoes documents. And she thinks it's about her. Yep. Oh, for her wedding. It's for our wedding. And we're going to make, they're going to make a memory book for us with your birth certificate in it. Yeah. What? Come on. What? She's just like, yeah, everything's about her. Um, so then Chad and Whitney bring out the arroz con pollo. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, arroz. Arroz. Because yeah. I know they, they, I, arroz con pollo. I know they do their R's differently than it is in Italian. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to roll it as crazy. As, yeah. Because I would go arroz. Yeah. Arroz. Yeah. Arroz con pollo. And then the Z, is it? Arroz. It's like a S. It's like an S. Yeah. Arroz. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Compoio. different. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different than Italian, but similar enough that I think most people wouldn't hear the difference. But, oh, okay. Yeah. So they bring out the chicken and rice, and <laughs> <laughs> which is apparently Ethan's favorite meal, his favorite Latin meal, <laughs> chicken, chicken and, and rice. rice. That's what it is. I know. <laughs> That's why it's making me laugh. And chicken and rice is my favorite <laughs> Latin meal. <laughs> Fuck off, 90s. <laughs> Fuck off, 1999. That's ridiculous. I guess it's 2000. Yeah. So uh, Teresa pulls Pilar aside and starts questioning her. She's like, what are you hiding? Why are you hiding this stuff from Ethan? He should know about it. And Pilar shuts her the fuck down and says, why are they even here? She's <laughs> like, why are these people in my fucking house? <laughs> and then she again tells her, like, stop pursuing Ethan. Yeah, and she she's like, if Luis sees them in this house, we are toast. Like, and that okay, I, I'm gonna say this. That's instructive right there. Pilar is afraid of what her son's reaction will be. Mm-hmm. She is out of control entirely. Mm-hmm. Entirely, these children are running amok. Yeah, they are. Her children, they basically are. adults. She spent all her fucking. I mean, Luis said that she was just like always at the crane mansion scrubbing their floors or whatever he imagined she would be doing there. You mm-hmm. know, and he was like, "Yeah, mama, mama works so hard." He's always saying that, so I imagine she they were basically latchkey kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, she is out of control. You can't show up after we're grown and start trying to like mother us regularly. Yeah, out of control. What's done is done, Pilar. You made your choice. Yeah, so they, so yeah, so Pilar and Teresa are recapping, and Teresa's just staring at Ethan with these big brown goo goo eyes. And 
Gwen looks at Ethan and says, it's obvious she loves you. And Ethan's like, gulp. <laughs> what? Wait, what do you mean? Who? What are you talking about? I love you, Gwen. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm talking about Pilar. <laughs> what did you think I was talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, she uh, passed over her children to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So Teresa goes to put the attache case, case back in the closet um, at Pilar's instruction. And then she finds an old family photo album and Gwen is like, oh, I'd love to look at that. I love old family photos. And she's looking through it. And then a photo falls out of a little boy and a little girl. And the little boy is giving the little girl a rag doll and looking up at them. She asks Pilar about it. She's like, who are these people? And Pilar's like, huh, I, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure who it is. Well, we know who it is. It's Ethan and Teresa and it comes out in a little while. But while Gwen is having this conversation with Pilar, Ethan has pulled Teresa aside because mm-hmm. he's like, stop looking at me with those big, brown, beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, but Ethan, I love you. You know, we're going to be together. We're going to be married. She keeps telling him that they're going to be married and live a happy life. Yeah, because he, he says you got to get over this crush. Yeah. And, and, and he says, we haven't known each other enough for you to really develop those kinds of feelings for me. So what you have is puppy love. It's a crush. It's not real because we haven't known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, well, then... Pilar is basically him and him and Han about this picture. And Gwen is going, I wonder who these two people are. And then Ethan and Teresa look at the picture together and go, that's me (laughs) at the same time. That's me. And then, so of course this spurs on Teresa. She thinks, see, Oh, she goes, see Ethan, we have known each other a long time. Gwen even points out that Teresa has known Ethan longer than she has. Teresa, of course, thinks it's fate. It's nonsense, but Teresa thinks it's fate. Like, neither of them even remember meeting each other. Right. Like, they have no memory of this. But it's funny because when Ethan was talking to Teresa, he he said, maybe if we knew each other longer, it could be more. But, like, we didn't, so it can't. Mm -hmm. And now this proves that they have known each other, but they have no memory of it. So it's inconsequential, right? It's a a moot point. Right, I was going to say, that negates everything. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But Gwen keeps looking at this picture and smiling. Oh, cute little Ethan blah blah she says you two look like you were little soulmates back then yeah she would have had a I would have had to fight her off of you when I if I was around back then and like I don't know she was what six five yeah he I was know. like and <laughs> so he should have been like 13 <laughs> yeah he was like he looked like he might have been nine in that picture yeah. and she looked like she might have been like five or six yeah but anyway, so, I, little soulmates like that's a weird thing to say about children. Well, I don't I don't I, well I don't like it. Well, I don't like so, it one bit. Anyway, Pilar is shocked to find out that Teresa is Gwen's maid of honor. This comes up. Yeah. Yeah, it does come up. Doesn't uh, it? Whitney spills the beans. Pilar is very, very shocked, very upset. Uh, she pulls Teresa aside and says, this takes the prize for self-destruction, <laughs> which it does. It sure does. Yeah. Teresa and Pilar are like tag teaming Teresa to like get her to calm the fuck down. Whitney and Pilar. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Whitney and Pilar are tag teaming Teresa to try and talk some sense into her. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does not go as planned. <laughs> yeah. Cause Teresa 
believes more strongly than ever that something will happen to stop the wedding. Mm. And then she has like a fantasy of Ethan stopping his wedding to Gwen to marry her saying like, no, Gwen, I do not marry you. I Mm. will not marry you. Very like dopely. (laughs) Um, And uh, so it's not going the way she thinks it'll go. And then Gwen overhears Pilar telling Teresa that she and Ethan will never be together. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. And then Teresa says, because Gwen's like, what does she mean? It sounds like she's trying to tell you that you're not going to be with my fiance. And Teresa says, you have a right to know. You have more right than anyone. And then she tells her that they were talking about picking out the perfect present for her. And you know what, though? Teresa... Teresa picked up on exactly what you just talked about, which is that Gwen thinks everything is about her. And so if you uh, push the narrative that like, oh, I'm actually this is actually for you and about you, she will buy it Mm -hmm. because she did. Mm -hmm. She bought it because Teresa says we were talking about going to get the perfect uh, wedding present for you. And I was wondering if Ethan would want to go with me to help me figure out what you would like. And uh, Gwen just buys that. Yeah. Yeah. And my yeah. mom was saying that Ethan is far too busy and that he'll never go with me. Yeah. To get, and I th- I think I might be wrong, but I think the lie was, we're going to pick out a present to thank you for asking me to be your maid of honor. Yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. That's exactly to what it was. To thank you for asking me to step in at the last minute and fill in as your maid of honor. That's exactly what it was. Excuse me? Ridiculous. Gwen, she, she Gwen fully it. buys it. Hook, she line, and sinker. Fully buys it. Jesus, Gwen. Uh, Gwen and Ethan finally fucking leave. And Pilar and T- Teresa, of course, they argue again. Teresa is fixated on that fucking picture. She's, she tells her mother that Ethan and her have loved each other since they were children. And this one single picture, the only picture in existence that she has no memory of or that time spent with him cannot remember, this one picture proves that she's right. It proves it. There's your proof. Oh. You want proof? You want the truth? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Lunacy. Lovable lunatic. I'm still deeply in love with her. Of course. Lovable, lovable lunatic. This is uh, beyond. (sighs) Beyond the pale. Beyond. (laughs) This one picture. Teresa, my girl. But that one picture that she does not remember him. She probably doesn't remember that doll. She Like, she doesn't remember. She doesn't remember living at the Crane Cottage. Yeah. (sighs) I can't. I can't. I can, though, and I will. (laughs) (laughs) We all will. So what else happens? Ethan and Gwen go back to the manse, right? Ethan and Gwen go back to the mansion, and uh, Ethan can't stop looking at a picture of him and Teresa in Bermuda. He just can't avert his eyes. And uh, so he leaves. Yeah, he 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 sneaks out. He and Gwen get back to the mansion. And uh, I guess Gwen is, I think this is when Gwen is talking with her mother and Ethan just can't stop looking at this picture. So he fucking leaves, sneaks mm-hmm. out, sneaks out past the dogs. Yeah. Past Frank, <laughs> past Frank Lomax. Past, past security. Big, past Big Mike. Past Big Mike. He sneaks out and goes to Teresa's house where he does once again does not knock on the door, but goes to her bedroom window mm. and sees 
that she's asleep on her bed, sees that she's in bed asleep, opens the window mm-hmm. and climbs his ass in. Mm-hmm. He breaks. He breaks into and her enters. home. He breaks into her home. He breaks in and enters and watches her while she's sleeping, breaking and entering into a child's bedroom. Oh my god! Come on. <laughs> But of course, Teresa is laying there dreaming that Ethan will break into her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And so when so he like calls her name, but she's in a dream state. And so she half wakes up and she sees him sitting over her, sits up and kisses him square on the mouth. He kisses her back. Mm-hmm. She says, I knew you'd come for me. And they make out. And then he finally like pulls away and says, she says, you're here to tell me that you love me. Right. And he goes, yes. That's why I'm here. He says to her, yes, that is why I'm here. She asks him, you're here to tell me you love me, right? Yep. And the answer he gives her yes. is yes. God damn it. <laughs> and yes, that is why I'm here. And then he goes, I came here to tell you I love you as a friend. Not as a girlfriend or a future wife, but as someone I care about, someone I want to be happy. Quote, that's what he says. I hate him. I love you not as a girlfriend or a future wife, but as someone I care about, someone I want to be happy. You make me happy, Ethan. <laughs> I mean, come on. God, I hate him. Come on. He doesn't even say, I love you as a friend. I love you in this way. He says, I love you, but I don't want you to be my girlfriend. I don't want to marry you. I care about you deeply and I want you to be happy, but I don't love you. Mm. But I do love you. Like, that's what he's, I mean, come on. I can't. And she, she's... <laughs> She says, don't ask me to stop loving you, Ethan, because I can't. You know, it's not just going to happen. And then he takes on all this blame. Oh, it's my fault because I kissed you at the wharf. It's not the one kiss, Ethan. It's the the year that you have spent with this girl. So when he says, basically, I, I love you, but not as a girlfriend, she's upset. And she says, why did you come here to tell me something you know I don't want to hear? And uh, she says, I don't want to know why you don't love me, Ethan. So you should just leave. She asks him to leave. Mm. She she asks him to leave. And then he grabs her hands and tells her, it's important that you understand how I feel. I can't marry her with you standing next to her dying inside. What the fuck? Mm. And uh, Mm. and then um, so you need to get over these feelings, basically. And that's when she says, don't ask me to stop loving you, Ethan, because Mm. I can't. And yeah, Ethan then blames himself, saying you wouldn't have a crush on me if I hadn't kissed you on the wharf. And and it's all bullshit. Like he's rubbed his whole naked body on her. There's been you took her to Bermuda for a fucking honeymoon Mm -hmm. and did not set clear boundaries. He could have set clear boundaries with her a long time ago. The minute he started having these kind of feelings for her, he should have set boundaries. If he knew that he was like, I'm this is the choice I'm making. He should have set very firm boundaries. I think sneaking into her window in the middle of the night and kissing her also probably uh, is would I think most people would consider that to be leading her on. Absolutely. I think I could be wrong, but I'm I'm not wrong. Mm. Um, So she she keeps looking at him and 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 tells him that she recognizes the way that he looks at her because it's how she feels. He is looking at her with love in his eyes. He continues to insist that it's love, but it's not romantic love. And then tells her that if she can't tell the difference between the two, 
maybe she shouldn't be at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't be at the wedding, Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's so horrible. And then he tells her, maybe you and Whitney should take a trip. With what money? <laughs> You're going to send yeah. them on a trip to Bermuda? Like, where are they going to go? Yeah. She keeps bringing up the picture. She's saying that they, they were meant to be together and the picture proves it. And he goes, this, this photo proves nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing something that isn't there. Um, so that I, I mean, he's right. The, the photo proves nothing. Yeah, no, it proves nothing at all. But he is correct in this one element. Yeah. Uh, she says, I can see how you look at me. You look at me with love in your eyes. You, that's what makes me love you. Oh my God. Well, she's not going to back down. She, she, Teresa is not the type to back down. She's never going to. And she tells him, don't you understand? I love you, Ethan. To mm. which, to which he says, Teresa, I am committed to Gwen. And again, she says, just kiss me and you'll realize that you love me. <laughs> and Ethan leans he in considers to kiss her. It. He's, he leans down. They mm-hmm. are about to kiss. Mm-hmm. They are very close. Their mouths are basically touching. Mm-hmm. When Gwen shows up, y'all. Knock, knock, knock. This fucking, no, no knocking. <laughs> this fucking bitch has made her way back to <laughs> Teresa's house in the middle of the fucking <sighs> night and lets herself into the house. <laughs> Just lets herself in. <laughs> then makes her way to Teresa's bedroom where she does knock on Teresa's bedroom door mm-hmm. and says, Teresa, are you there? I need to talk to you about something for the wedding. And Ethan's just standing there like a deer in the headlights. He's like, what's she doing here? And Teresa's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. I, what are you doing here? Why is anyone in my house? It's the middle of the night. The door was closed. Everyone's in my room. Teresa was asleep. Yeah. Pilar was asleep. Because later, Pilar, well, we'll get there. But anyway, why is Gwen at Teresa's house? Because she says she needs to talk to Teresa about her hairstyle for the wedding. And it's so, so, so important. It just must be talked about tonight. Um, So she comes in and Ethan goes out the window, of course. And um, she literally talks to her for a second. It's about like, her hairstyle. I think it's two sentences where Gwen's like, so here's the bridesmaid's dress and their hair. Here's your dress. How do you want to wear your hair? And Teresa's like, oh, I think I'll do it up with like some curls. And she's like, great. And that's it. And that's two, it. two things here. It's your wedding. You could just tell her how she, you want her hair to be done. Right. Also, Teresa knows what the bridesmaid's dresses look like. She fucking designed them. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and... Uh, so that it was just all so stupid. She's like, I need to see the sketch. Why you need to see the sketch? Isn't the wedding like tomorrow or the day after? Like it's yeah, soon. When, when is the wedding? It's gotta be soon. It's very she, unclear. Because to the me. only thing I can think is that the wedding, the only way this was reasonable, the only way that this was even semi reasonable for her to show up this late is if the wedding is in the morning. Mm, mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I forgot to talk to Teresa. But it doesn't actually seem like the wedding is in the morning. It is definitely soon. Soon. But they haven't decided. They just haven't decided when they're going to turn the day over or yeah. turn, you know, yeah. what when the wedding's going to be. Yeah. The writers haven't. Um, yeah. So she talks to her for a second and then she leaves and catches Ethan outside <laughs> immediately. <laughs> he runs out of the bushes just as Gwen is getting there. It's like, dude, just stay there. Just wait until she leaves. You can whatever. He doesn't because he's a dumb dumb. Runs into him and Gwen immediately assumes it's about her. Oh, you're there to pick me up. <laughs> yep. And she's like, but wait a minute. I didn't tell you I was here. 
Oh, Lord. Yeah. How did you know? What are you doing here in the middle of the night, Ethan? What are you hiding from me? Well, Pilar has been woken out of a dead sleep because she hears voices. Teresita, what's happening? Mm -hmm. I hear voices. And so she and Teresa are inside listening to this confrontation between Gwen and Ethan. And Pilar rushes outside and lies. Yeah. Pilar, the woman who never lies, tells a bald-faced lie and says that she was the one who called Ethan. Yeah, to save Ethan from trouble. Mm -hmm. Teresa is upset about this. Mm -hmm. She wanted things to fall apart. And I did too, honestly. It was time. Uh, it's uh, yeah. But of course, we have we have to have we the have wedding. to have a wedding. We have, we have to, to have, have the wedding. wedding. I yeah. need to see Teresa's dream wedding. Yeah, we're gonna have a wedding on a budge. Yeah, I was about to say like <laughs> be a budget I, wedding. I need to see Teresa's dream wedding and how it's supposed to be so extravagant, and yet I know it's gonna be bare bones as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Father Lonigan is definitely going to be marrying yeah. these two in an empty church with like a fucking angel statue in the background. Nary a flower in sight. And I mean, we've already seen Gwen's dress. <laughs> like the dresses from the wedding thing. What was that called? The wedding expo expo. Those were nicer than Gwen's. <laughs> Gwen's satin sack. Yeah. Her Coco Chanel. Sh- 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 I can't even say it. Coco Chanel shack. Yeah. <laughs> Coco Chanel sack. Yeah. That's a new tongue twister. Coco Chanel satin sack. Oh, satin sack. Sack. Whatever. Let's stop saying the word sack. Sack. (laughs) 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 The microphone is down. Things fall apart. Okay. All things fall apart. Okay. So, um, girl, where the hell are we? I think we're about to follow uh, Ethan and Gwen to the mansion. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> Teresa, Teresa, after they leave, um, before they leave, Ethan goes, I owe you one. Pilar, like quietly to Pilar, I owe you. Because mm. uh, she saved his ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Teresa's like, Mama, why are you trying to destroy my future? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Pilar says, I've told you a million times the cranes are not going to allow you to marry Ethan. And so then Teresa's like, not even the cranes can stop love. And Pilar's like, they can and they have and they will. Mm. Uh, and I don't want you to get all caught up in their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Teresa is praying for a miracle outside by herself to make Ethan free to marry her and not Gwen. If we can't be together, we'll be miserable, blah, blah, blah. I know right now Ethan is thinking of me the same way I'm thinking of him. Cut two. Ethan thinking about Teresa the same way that she's thinking about him. In bed with (laughs) Gwen. He's kissing Gwen and then he rolls over and has a dream about his fucking wedding day. Okay. So the the priest tells him, kiss the woman you love. And uh, he picks up the veil and it isn't Gwen. It's Teresa. Of course. Mm-mm-mm. And she says to him, you're dreaming of me because I'm the woman you love. I'm the woman you're going to marry. And then voices start to chant. Yeah. <laughs> you belong to us, Ethan. You're a crane. And little by little, we start to hear, oh, it's Julian. Mm-hmm. We see Julian. It's Rebecca. We see Rebecca. Ivy is there. Everyone is in his ear telling him he needs to marry Gwen. And he starts <laughs> muttering in his sleep, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. 
And Gwen wakes him up, goes, oh, my gosh, you were having a nightmare, Ethan. What is it you can't do? And then he just frantically hugs her and says, I love you so much. Mm. <laughs> so that's where they are. Mm. We need to talk about Chad and Whitney. Yes. Chad is dying. Chad is dying. <laughs> Chad is dying, y'all. Chad is Doying. Ch- Chad, what the fuck, man? So he comes in. He was out in the garden picking tomatoes at Whitney's request. And he comes in and Whitney has found all these bloodied napkins and bandages. And it's like, Chad, are you are you bleeding? Like, what is this? You left the hospital way too soon and something is wrong. And he is like, uh, no, I'm fine. If I was sick, could I do this? And he does a little hop dance. Does like a jig. Like, <laughs> like does some like Irish, Irish step dance yeah. and like jumps across, leaps across the floor, leaping leprechauns. Well, could I do this? <laughs> was so stupid. And she's like, I guess not. I guess everything's <laughs> fine. And so she leaves and then he immediately doubles over in pain. Yeah. And, and uh, he... He endures the pain through this dinner because they are at Teresa's house for dinner, mm-hmm. right? So he endures the pain through this dinner and everything. And then eventually Chad leaves because he's in immense pain. He's being so reckless because he is in pain. He's losing blood. Mm-hmm. He can't think straight. He is saying reckless shit to everybody. Talking to Ethan about, have you decided who you're going to marry yet? Like, Girl, <laughs> it was great. Oh, it was great. But he, yeah, he is, he's fucked up nobody should be listening to him somebody should be taking him to the hospital Mm -hmm. um so he leaves in immense pain um whitney follows after him to just make sure that he's okay ethan offers to give him a ride home and he refuses chad is killing me i can't Chad is killing himself killing me softly i can't deal with this because dude take the ride dude like but actually it's probably best that he didn't take a ride home Cause then he'd just be at his apartment by himself. Luckily he, (laughs) so he's on the wharf. Whitney follows him and, uh, is just trying to make sure that he's okay. And he lashes out at her Mm -hmm. and basically she confronts him. She's worried about him being hurt, but she also confronts him about the shit he said to Ethan Mm -hmm. about Teresa saying that he should marry her (laughs) and leave Gwen. And he, she's, so she's kind of, giving him a lecture about that is like I know Teresa I've known Teresa for a long time like you just showed up and you're making big big trouble for my friend then he lashes out at her basically saying like you're afraid of love all of this shit you you should be the one to talk and she leaves he lashes out at her to get her to leave he did that on purpose because he's in agony immense pain yeah. and he's trying to hide it but he, he can only keep the the charade the charade up for so long <laughs> the and, facade yeah the charade yeah. yeah so she leaves and he immediately collapses mm-hmm. and who should stumble upon him other than Kay and simone simone kind-hearted lovely simone is like <laughs> oh my gosh Kay, there's a person over there <laughs> and Kay's like it's probably some drunk let's go this way we'll just go this other way and and simone's like wait i recognize that shirt i recognize that dad shirt that this this young man keeps walking around in this hawaiian grilling dad shirt those used to be super like um (laughs) 
Yeah, where do you think the dads popular. got them all? They used to be really popular. <laughs> yeah, they turn, they're now dads. Yeah. They're dads now. But like, man, in 2000, they were Gen Xers. The Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. yeah, so Simone's like, I recognize that shirt. And she goes over, she's like, oh my God, it's Chad. Mm-hmm. His and Chad is dead. Yeah, so they think he's dead because he's like passed out. Yeah. And um, they get him, lift him up, and he's like, no, I can't go to the hospital. I can't afford it. I would have told him, yeah, we're going home. And then I would have taken his ass to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But they do the next best thing, which is take them to take him to Simone's house because she says my mom can check him out there because at least her mom is a doctor, you know. Yeah. And she's, she says my mother is a doctor. And if she sees someone in need, she will help. So off they go to the Russell house. Uh-huh. And then when they get there, this was ridiculous. This was, This pissed me <laughs> off. This man, you you found him dying on the wharf, and you said we gotta get him help. We gotta call an ambulance. We okay. Next best thing, we're gonna get him home. Have my mother look at him, and they spend I don't know a whole episode prettifying themselves, getting pretty. They put him on a chair in a hallway, on a wooden chair in the hallway. Why even bring him up the stairs? Why not lay him on the lay couch? him on the couch? No, they bring him up the stairs. They put him on a chair in a hallway, and then they go to Simone's room to like beautify themselves and like put on makeup and change their clothes and get the room straight and light a candle. Yeah. And like set the mood because set she, the this, mood. Is not a, this is not a romantic thing, sweetheart. He's dying. He's bleeding out. He's going to bleed all over your bed. Like this is, you're not going to be able to like have your way with him. What yeah. the fuck are you tr- thinking? Like they talk about how worried they are for him while they're doing all this stuff, but they don't actually do a thing to help him. Yeah. So, Chad's losing blood. He's delirious. And he's like roaming around this, this house and he finds his way to Whitney's room, goes in and he thinks he's at his apartment. He says, what are you doing in my room to her? And she's like, what do you mean? What are you doing in my room? And she's half dressed. She's just wearing her bra and some pants and she was putting on a shirt. Yeah. Um, and he kind of stumbles over to her and then he just falls on top of her, on top of the bed, onto the bed, on top of her. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's, dying he's dying he's fucking dying whitney lets out a shriek at basically the same time eve and tc arrive home Mm -hmm. they're like my baby's in trouble and so they rush upstairs and they find what they think is chad assaulting whitney Mm -hmm. so tc of course just grabs him and starts to shake him violently (laughs) shaking all the blood out of this guy and uh, Winnie's like, Dad, stop. He's hurt. Like, he something something's wrong with him. And so then they realize, oh, shit, he's losing blood. So then Eve puts everybody out of the room, lays Chad down on the bed and examines his wound and just says that he needs, like, new um, bandages and some antibiotics and that, yeah. that he will be fine. Um, but he, he needs to rest. He will be fine. But he is in a very precarious place because his surgical wounds opened up and he's running a fever, which mm-hmm. means that there is an infection. So yeah. she's like, if we don't do something now, he's he's going to be in trouble. But we got to we got to keep him here. I'm going to look after him and we will will make him OK. Everything will be fine. But you caught him at the right time, girls. Yeah. So Eve agrees to let Chad recover at their house instead of the hospital. Also, am I wrong in thinking that Eve being I assume like head doctor at the hospital could waive his hospital fees and Uh, she could do pro bono work. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there are some fees that would have to be paid in some way, you know, for like, uh, equipment and things. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know how hospital administration works, but I'm, I imagine she could have paid for it herself. She already offered to. She could say they're just waiving her his fee and just pay it. Yeah. I mean, there are a number of ways that this could work, but. <laughs> but no. But no. What's, no. what's going to happen is Chad is going to be in Whitney's bed and Eve is going to send Simone and Kay out because Eve is hip to what Simone is, is feeling for Chad. Mm-hmm. So she sends those two out of the room. And tells Whitney, uh, I need some help. Can you do this? Can you do that? And uh, basically says, I'm not happy about it, but I know you'll stay away from him. So you're going to be my little helper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then Eve gets a phone call that there's been a shooting at the wharf. Uh-oh. Yet again. Another an- one. Another shooting. I'll be right there. So she has to flit off to the wharf to do to act in her capacity as the medical examiner, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get there because that was also fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But she has to leave and she leaves him with Whitney and tells her, like, you know how to do it. Clean the wounds, blah, blah, blah. Simone objects and is like, I know how to do it too. Why can't I do it? And this is, uh, Eve's like, just follow my instructions. And she leaves. <laughs> uh, so Whitney's, honestly thrilled to have chad in her bed she yes. won't say it but she's thrilled to have him there in her room i think also out of just like care for him for his life so she knows that he's there and safe mm-hmm. and getting better mm-hmm. and um so she goes in her room she's trying to clean his wounds and stuff our new k shows up by the we way we get a new k who's two feet shorter than the last she's a new k <laughs> she came on screen i was like what the fuck because i as much as I hate Kay, I love Kay. And she was really good. Like, our first Kay was great. I love the first Kay. She was very good. This new yeah. Kay did not have that edge. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I saw her for, like, 30 minutes. She so didn't have that we'll edge. See. She also does not last very long. Like, oh, I'm, okay. this Kay, literally, when she came on the screen, I was like, oh, we got a new Kay. And I also did not recognize her at all. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how many episodes she does, but I don't think it's many. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I don't recognize that, that lady. <laughs> yeah. She had, she, she was way too nice to be K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was way too nice to be K. And she, she tried, was, she was saying mean things, but she was saying, maybe that's what she wanted to do. Like trying to be less harsh, but yeah, she was saying mean shit. She tried. She, she says to Whitney, you know, I'm on to you. I know that you are actually just, you probably planned this whole thing. Yeah, you plan this whole thing. Admit it, Whitney. You're crazy about Chad. You're as she tells Whitney, it looks like you're trying to make him hot. She's yeah. cleaning out his wound. And Kay is accusing her of trying to seduce him. It's and Simone is standing there the whole hearing this whole thing, and Kay is just like, Simone, don't you see what your sister's trying to do? Yeah. So mm. we're gonna we're gonna Keep on moving through this bullshit mm. because uh, Whitney then gives them like this whole speech about like lo- sex without love and how it's n- not um, something only an idiot would have sex with someone whom they don't love and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, then the Teresa shows up because Whitney kicks them out of her room. She says, get the fuck out of here. Both of you get out. You know, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't be in here. Teresa shows up. Mm-hmm. And she goes, wow, you move fast, Wit. <laughs> She's like excited to see Chad dying in a cold sweat. Um, 
And she goes, you know, this is your golden opportunity. And she likens it to a romance novel where the hero gets hurt and the heroine nurses him back to health. And they fall in love. Mm -hmm. So then Whitney leaves to go get like some gauze and she tells Teresa to watch Chad. And then Chad is like trying to talk to Teresa a little bit and tells her to fight for the, the person that she loves, you know, very deliriously, very like fight for what you want like Mm -hmm. that then Teresa tells him I'm gonna give you some advice if you love a girl you should tell her how you feel and in the very next scene Teresa is gone she is no longer in the room she's I don't I I don't know where she went well she went downstairs and they didn't show us the transition this was a very very bad transition Mm. because we do see her down in the kitchen later Mm. she went downstairs to talk to Whitney but in the very next scene Simone is walking into the room and now that Chad has gotten this this advice from Teresa, he very deliriously looks up, sees Simone, but thinks she's Whitney. He sees Whitney's face mm-hmm. and he tells her, I, I, I love you. I love you. Oh, no. I know. I was very, very, very irritated no. by this. But Laura, I had forgotten how it happened but i i then when when he told her he loved her i was like oh shit i'm now remembering the whole saga here there's a whole thing here Mm. that i'm sure that you can figure out what's about to happen well yeah simone is gonna tell whitney that chad said that he loved her and there's gonna whitney's gonna be like oh now he's he's playing both of us and she's gonna not want to admit his feelings for her and think that chad is a bad guy and chad's gonna be confused and yeah oh yeah there's a whole thing it goes on for so long yeah so Teresa Mm. actually goes down and tells Whitney you got a big surprise coming for you when you go upstairs oh so we'll see about that so that's all of fate Jesus it was long that was long but everything else is short today super short because we um really did I mean Teresa Teresa's fate and Chad's fate are like two separate stories yeah yeah and their own all right so we're gonna move on to troubled marriages right Yes, we are going to move on to troubled marriages. Here's my summary. Grace is on her Ethan could be a Bennett kick. And these people have the most awkward dinner of all time. Afterward, Rebecca and Ivy kiki in the park and then creep on Sam while he leaves a note in his and Ivy's old secret spot. While the ladies are out, Julian searches for Ivy's attache case. Nice. And that's it. That's it. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, So... Let's start at the Lobster Shack. Lobster Shack, baby. Lobster Shack, baby. baby lobster Shack. Whoa, hey, hey, hey. Lobster Shack, baby. Lobster Shack. Hey, hey. Yeah. I got me a car. And, and it would be good as a lobster. lobster. Yay. That's my favorite part. It's been so long. I love doing the Lobster Got-tube Shack thing. Box money. Mm. Lobster Shack. A little old place where. We can get some life. Oh, I always get it wrong. God damn it. Lobster Shack, baby. Lobster Shack, baby. It's my jam. <laughs> I literally never say seafood. Yeah, you always want to say lobster. lobster. I mean, both work. It's not the it's seafood. a made up song. It's not the seafood shack. God damn it. I know, but it's the lobster shack. You can get more than lobster. No, you can only get a lobster Uber. 
or just one or, lobster or or a raw lobster and by raw <laughs> and by raw i mean alive a living lobster <laughs> to play with you can play with. here at the lobster shack we have living lobsters for you to play with like cat cafes <laughs> a lobster cafe a li- the living lobster <laughs> <laughs> the living lobster shack <laughs> oh that's hilarious that's a what a bad business model <laughs> enjoy playing with your lobster i feel like the, that's here, where you go to find serial killers here at the like, lobster shack we play with our food yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. okay so they're at the lobster shack not the lobster cafe <laughs> they're at the lobster shack ready to eat um, and they're waiting on a table outside of the lobster shack. It's super busy. The lobster shack is hopping. This mm-hmm. joint, ju- this joint is jumping, jumping. Um, <laughs> Eve talks with Ivy. Everybody has like little side conversations, like about what's going on. That they're all all the the se- everybody has side conversations about the secrets they're keeping from each other. Right. It's a recap session. Yeah. So everyone's running around recapping with another character while they're waiting for dinner. Yeah. And then they sit down to dinner and they don't eat. Yeah, but I do want to talk about when Eve is talking with Ivy in the bathroom mm-hmm. and Grace walks in on them talking about another son. Mm-hmm. And fucking Grace, I'm sorry, y'all. Grace was killing me this week. <laughs> I could not. I'm tired of her. I'm tired of her shit. Yeah, me I'm so too. over her bullshit. Grace is really starting to irritate, irritate me. me. <laughs> Deeply. Mm. She's irritated. I am unsettled. <laughs> she's making me undone. Mm. Um. So Grace walks in on Ivy talking about another son and Grace thinks she's talking about having another son because she's suffering from empty nest syndrome. And and like, why would she say son specifically? I know we talk about this a lot, but like, wouldn't she just say a baby? Everyone I know says a baby. I want to have a baby. Yeah. Not another son. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Grace is annoying. Yeah, she. you do know. She is annoying. <laughs> I liked her at first. Like, the first six episodes, I was like, come on. Well, more than that. I was like, come on, Grace. She's really doing a lot. I like Grace. And now she's just fucking annoying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so then she tells her, she basically tries to give, give her... It's funny because Grace thinks she knows what's going on all the fucking time. And she is the most oblivious person. Mm. She is the person who knows the least. Um... And she says, like, she tries to give her advice, like, oh, well, I know that your marriage isn't the greatest. And like, and and I'm sure you think that that will bring you and your husband closer together. But maybe, maybe take some time together. Like, get the fuck out of here, girl. You don't even know what's going on. Bitch, I've sucked your your husband's dick several times. (laughs) Several times. Okay. I've slept with him many, many times, bitch. Get the fuck out of my face. You don't even know where your dick has been. In me. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. So Ivy's just like, mm-hmm. great advice, Grace. And then she's like, but please don't bring it up at dinner. It's a sore subject with me and Julian. Yeah. Like Ivy's just like, mm, uh-huh. <laughs> Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hear you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Grace is like, of course. We're such good girlfriends. I would never betray your trust. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. And then 
she tells them that the mater d has presents for them what? and i, and not, I do not understand how this happened i don't understand either <laughs> and i was like oh my god is alistair gonna deliver some w- weird presents again and then we get to the table and i guess they're legitimate gifts but they're the presents are pictures from the wedding depot or expo that happened but somehow the lobster shack was part of it i could not and i refused to rewind were they a sponsor i refused to rewind because i was like he just said some convoluted bullshit and i'm not i'm confused as to why they have these professional photos why do they have the pictures and they're giving them to like wouldn't you like these pictures of your children here they are we just we've just been hanging on to these waiting for you to come back i don't i it was very weird (laughs) i didn't understand but so they give um, pictures to Ivy and to Ivy and Julian and to Eve and um, what's her husband's name? TC. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, G- Ivy. And I guess she just has fully and completely underestimated Teresa. But here's the thing, you know, Gwen has been having some issues with Teresa. She's have some insecurity surrounding Teresa. And then you see a picture of your son, Ethan, at a wedding ex- expo with Teresa in a wedding dress, in a tux, with a sash that says, most perfect couple. I, I don't know. I feel like my antennas would go up. She doesn't bat an eye. She's like, oh, my golden boy. Yeah, she's just like, wow, he's so handsome. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say anything about it. Nothing I know she, she has no suspicions of Teresa whatsoever. Meanwhile, TC and Eve are looking at the pictures of Whitney and Chad and Eve is freaking the fuck out. Yeah, because she's like, what the hell? What the hell is Chad doing there? Because also, also, they're looking at the pictures. Their daughter is in a wedding dress. Right. And they don't bat an eye about it. Like for, the first couple of pictures are just um, Whitney doing that fucking Kermit the Frog dance. <laughs> and... And they're like, oh, she's growing up so fast. Bitch, she's in a wedding dress. She looks like a child bride. Yes. This is disturbing imagery. Yes. And they're just like, oh, she's so beautiful. One that, day, one day she'll be she'll be wearing this dress for real. That shit ain't cute. So, yeah, they and then she gets to the picture where it's her and Chad with best couple or whatever, mm-hmm. Sash too. And she's like, what the hell? And TC's like, chill, honey. Like, <laughs> he's not that bad. He's a nice boy. He he's, saved her life twice. He's dying in her bed right now. And then she's like, yeah, I know he saved her life two times, but that doesn't make it. I, I hope he doesn't think she owes him something for that. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. That does. It, it doesn't mean that he's entitled to anything. Like, what does that mean? What are you saying? What does Eve mean? Eve's annoying. Ugh. Even Grace should be best friends. Yeah, they're annoying people. They belong together. Yeah. Um. Then Grace starts some, saying some bullshit. This is all <laughs> happening at this dinner that they do not eat. They sit there and get drunk. Mm-hmm. Like they have multiple drinks at the table. But I never saw them eat. I never saw a lobster. Um. Alive or otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Grace starts saying some bullshit about Ethan looking like a Bennett. And brings this up in front. Like, this is some bull. Why are you doing this? And she does this in front of Ivy and, and uh, what's his name? Julian. Yeah. You and Ethan could be father and son. This bitch says it like eight times. So many times. And then she says some bullshit about, well, isn't it obvious why why Ethan looks like a Bennett? Somewhere in the past, there must have been a, a, a union be- between the Cranes and the Bennetts. Bitch, 
there's a union between the Winthrops and the Bennets. Mm, mm, and it wasn't that long ago. And it wasn't that long ago. Julian, of course, scoffs at the idea of the Cranes and the Bennets ever being, uh, in, in ever intermingling. And uh, TC is like, well, you know, it could have been out of the public eye or there could have been like an illegitimate child or something that we don't know about, you know, given who the families are and when in history it took place. So like, you know, you don't know. This could be this could be legit. And so everyone keeps talking about it <laughs> at this dinner, getting hammered. And uh, who is who asks um, Grace about looking at Chad, Chad's picture? Ivy. Was that Ivy? Ivy hands it. She goes, oh, Ivy, this young man, Chad Harris, has been looking for his parents. And since you're so good at seeing features maybe you know someone in here in harmony who looks like chad and so she's looking at the picture and she goes hmm i don't know i'm not sure she you know she i feel like she just didn't want to say he looked like eve yeah because i feel like she would have been like that's racist i don't want to say she i don't want to say he looks like the only other black people i know (laughs) (laughs) and like it's her best friend too so she doesn't want to insinuate anything improper but no i i think you're right but uh grace has an idea but she says it's too crazy for words so she won't say it out loud so she does recognize she thinks some chad and eve but she doesn't want to say it and the reason that ivy has given this picture to grace and asked her to identify if he looks like anyone is because ivy has it in her head that chad is eve's dead son eve and julian's eve and julian's Mm -hmm. son yeah um so later eve pulls ivy aside and tells her i'm done working for you like just in case you didn't know let me let you know right now that i'm done doing anything because i got dirt on you now and Mm -hmm. basically we are uh have mutually assured destruction at this point Mm -hmm. sister so i'm done then they go back and forth and they lob insults at each other back and forth but my favorite and it was beautiful it was so good they do it they're so classy about it you know (laughs) and ivy calls eve an unfortunate soul and she goes i my i myself have always been blessed and touched and eve says that's rich considering you're married to julian and ivy goes touche eve <laughs> that was another one that was another one of my um episode titles touche oh, eve i like it because she says it two t- multiple times to eve because eve multiple times comes throws the best comeback at her touche eve i didn't write down any of it because it was like the same thing that they've been doing for such a long time but that is great it was so good there's so, i just love that they have this kind of mutual respect yes. for each other yes for, i love it yeah like they just throw shade and and yeah they lo- they lo- what's it called not well oh, they volley back and forth yeah and i think eve and ivy could easily be best friends i think they are <laughs> i think they don't realize that they are best friends they don't realize it but they're keeping each other's yeah. secrets so that makes them best friends yeah yeah they i think they i think they could have been best friends had ivy not been married to like if ivy ended up married to sam yeah eve and julian and ivy and sam well i don't know if eve would be with julian she might still be with tc i think mm-hmm. i think it'd be eve and tc and because yeah, Sam Eve, would never be friends with Julian. Yeah, Eve and TC, and uh, what's her name? Ivy, Ivy and, and Sam. Sam. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. They'd be best friends. They Absolutely. Yeah. The four best friends. What's that? I have no clue. From uh, that movie. Oh, The Hangover. That one. Yeah. The best friends gang. The best friends. Song. I call my I say that to my kids all the time. Let's say, <laughs> OK, best friends gang. <laughs> Let's do some singing, best friends gang. <laughs> all right. So later, Julian actually asked Eve about Ivy coming out of the records room. Mm-hmm. Which, which, okay, this could have really gone in a weird direction because had Sam hurt, Sam has no clue Ivy was ever in that records room. He saw Eve there, but never saw Ivy, of course. He didn't even see her leave. So if Sam found out that Ivy was go in the records room that day and Eve knew about it, mm-hmm. yeah, that could really create some drama. That's a good point. Yeah. A good point. Yeah, I did not notice that. Um, again, I wrote like one sentence because I didn't think it was important. But no, you bring up a very good point. So Sam, honestly, everybody always is just missing one little piece of information that would pull the whole piece, the whole puzzle together for them. Except for Ivy. Ivy has all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Ivy has all the pieces. She's just keeping them apart. Ivy, <laughs> Ivy and Pilar. She's just, just choosing to keep them pulled apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah. That's, that's basically the end of dinner. She, he, oh, well, no, Grace does another annoying fucking thing. Because, again, Sam does not hear this conversation. However, um, Julian asks Eve why Ivy was at the in the records room. Then he asks, like, what what's even in the records room? And she says, I don't know. That's just where they keep all sorts of records. Like, it's a records room. And then Grace is like, isn't that where they keep the birth records, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking bitch. Meanwhile, Sam tells Ivy that if Ethan had been his son, he would have told the world and shouted it from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these people are like constantly having asides at dinner and getting up and walking away and having a conversation with someone else and never eating. So they have a, a lot of information is passed around, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's basically the end of dinner. Mm-hmm. They never even ate. They hardly sat down with each other. It was the weirdest dinner I've ever seen. They also ate outside on the street it looked like yeah they were doing the the um street dining it's a before pan- 2020 it's a panoramic yeah <laughs> yeah so they were at open air dining okay so now we get to the part that i really want to talk about because i have a wild speculation mm-hmm. okay so later that night <clears throat> after the dinner ivy takes a stroll she takes her locket she goes outside she's missing sam she kind of goes into her secret spot area near the park and she runs into rebecca and gwen who are also at the park and they recap uh gwen explains about bailey and Teresa taking her spot as her maid of honor rebecca tells uh ivy that Teresa's after ethan ivy says it's ridiculous she trusts Teresa completely you know all this stuff gwen leaves so now we have rebecca and ivy alone in the park talking about the boys that they dated back in the day the blue collars the as they blue call collars them. the blue collars about how uh, you could have a good time with one of them but you could never bring them home to to your family and, mm-hmm. and uh ivy of course is remembering her romance with sam and rebecca tells a story about a tryst she had with a local boy back in the day so of course i started thinking about what local boys do we know and they're all married except martin who we don't know but i was like hmm 
because she's talking about this guy that she loved, but she could never be with. And they had like this thing. And then, and then she hasn't seen him since. And I'm like, well, who could that be? <laughs> and you think it's Martin. I mean, I know that's ridiculous, but like, well, it's not Sam, obviously. Yeah. Well, who, cause who else could it be? It's, it's not, it's TC. not Sam. It's not TC. I think Hank's probably too young. Like it could be Hank. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, Hank and Louise are probably too, too young. Yeah. yeah I feel I like Louise is going to be too young. Although Rebecca looks young, but anyway, because there's just no men in harmony. Yeah. Maybe we'll meet a new character. Unless there's a new character. Maybe it's Chad, Chad's actual parents. Maybe it's Rebecca and some guy that we don't know yet. I don't know. <laughs> either way, either way. Some, I told you I had some wild speculation and I'm listening to it, but yes, thank you for listening to it. I love it. I love it. Um, so they're out there talking about this and then they see Sam Bennett, the hunky police chief, as mm. Rebecca calls him. And they see him leaving a note in the Ivy and Sam's old hiding spot. And she goes, Oh my goodness. I've heard that he's, um, completely faithful to his wife, but it seems that that might not be the case. We have to see what the, what that note says. Mm. And Ivy knows that the note is for her. So she's right. terrified. And, and Rebecca's like, maybe it's for someone we know and everything. She's anxious to get to this note. Um, Sam goes like, who's there? Even though they could see each other. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Sam needs glasses. Who's there? And uh, then he sees Ivy. And he's like, oh, I'm glad I saw I saw you like I um, and Rebecca hides for whatever reason. Yeah, she she's like, can you imagine being under the sheets with him? And then she dips out behind like a bush yeah, <laughs> while she, Ivy goes to talk with Sam. She hides when Sam goes, who's there? I don't know why. I don't know it, either. Like, why would, why are you afraid? What are you scared? Of? I don't understand. She anyway. won't be seen with a local yokel. I guess. So she, he, uh, Sam and Ivy have a conversation where he basically tells her, fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same old, same old. And then he gets a call about the shooting at the wharf, which we will get to. So he leaves and then Rebecca reappears and she's like, Ooh, let's go retrieve that note. Let's go find out what's going on. And Ivy's like, oh, it's private. It's none of our business. Like, we've got a bunch of things we need to do for the wedding. So let's go do that instead. And Rebecca's like, hmm, you're acting awfully suspicious. Almost like you have something to hide. So then Ivy's like kind of stuck. She's like, fuck, I guess we got to get this note. So she is like biting her nails as Rebecca goes and retrieves the note. But the note is not addressed to anyone. It just says, stay away. There can never be anything between us. I'm not going to hurt the people I love. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So hmm. Rebecca's like, and then Rebecca's like, so maybe you have a chance. What? <laughs> the field's wide open. No, this man is telling this, whoever this is, that he doesn't want anything to do with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's really the end of that. After dinner, because I was wondering where the fuck Julian went, because I was like, why is Ivy walking around the park by herself? in this beautiful lavender uh, skirt suit. Julian has gone to see Suzanne. Of course. And uh, then I'm going to go through this fast. He sees Suzanne. He talks to Suzanne. Suzanne, he tells Suzanne that his dad has disinherited him and that he's trying to find dirt on Ivy because for whatever reason he thinks that that will make 
Alistair reinstate him? I don't understand the logic. He He's mad at Ivy because it's her fault that he wasn't doing Alistair's bidding and, oh, okay. ended up, and ended up on the prom boat instead. And that's why he thinks that's the reason he got disinherited. So he wants to get back at her. Okay. So then she's like, well, have you looked into her attache case? One time I... Um, was touching it and she went ballistic apparently there's some important documents inside so then julian's like oh shit i'm gonna go look for it so he goes to julian i mean he goes to ivy's room doesn't really look for it stands there because he doesn't know how to do anything for himself (laughs) he does he opens a drawer he doesn't do anything (laughs) he doesn't look for it anywhere and then of course ivy comes in is like what the hell are you doing here and he's like i'm looking for your attache case i heard there's some I heard there's some uh, interesting documents in there. And Ivy, of course, is shaken by this. And she plays it off and says, you really want to start stirring up trouble this close to the wedding now that Ethan is on your side? And he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to I'm going to go. Then she immediately calls Pilar and is like, is the attache case somewhere safe? Pilar says, yes, no, no one will find out that Ethan is Uh, not julian crane's son like she just says the things out loud that she shouldn't say out loud why does she say those things out loud yeah pilar says quote no one will ever know that ethan is sam bennett's son there it is and uh julian is listening at the door so he hears ivy's response which is that everything would be lost if julian found those papers so he he knows that he's on the right track he's got to find that attache case and he'll get to the bottom of everything that's right now it's time to talk about shuis shuis here we go over at the crane cottage sheridan gives louise a dance lesson that's more about kissing than dancing hank shows up to relieve louise and play bodyguard but in reality he has agreed to set sheridan up so les can shoot her himself at the pier hank regrets his choice and steps in to save sheridan but he may be too late Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, let's let's talk all this out. Let's start with our Paso Doble lesson. Shall okay, we? let's do Shall it. Shall we? This, you know, Louise and Sheridan are having some wonderful moments, some spicy moments. They're learning this dance. Louise falls on top of her on the couch. <laughs> they kiss. They make out. Uh, then uh, the dance school calls. And Sheridan answers and she goes, oh, they found an instructor for you to for someone who can teach you the Paso Doble. What do you want me to tell them? And she kind of gives her gives him those eyes like, do you want to leave? <laughs> like, please don't leave. Please me. don't leave. Yeah, me. Yeah, Sheridan's pretty needy. And he um, he's like, tell him I already got a, a, a teacher. And she's like, OK, and <laughs> puts down the phone. And then they go back to like dancing for a second, make out. And then Luis has a flashback of his parents dancing the Paso Doble. And Luis starts talking about how the it actually turns into a bad memory for him because he thinks about how happy his parents were. But then he talks about how the cranes ruined his family and it really kills the mood. <laughs> he, he's a real mood killer. And uh, Sheridan says... This hatred you have for my family will always come between us. You, you, this is never gonna work. He, she gets really, um, worked up, honestly. And then, Louise, I mean, uh, some light here, some wonderful light. Yes, Louise says that's not true. I don't hate you at all. It's time I told you how I feel. I've tried to walk away from my feelings, but I can't. 
I love Luis right now. Aww. He says, we're not planning it, but we fall into situations that bring us closer together. H- yes. And he's right. They, they do fall into situations that bring them closer together. And um, then he says, I know it's not your fault. You were just a kid. Why should I take it out on you about, mm-hmm. you know, the cranes and stuff? And then Sheridan has her murderess flashback. I love it. <laughs> oh, she's having flashbacks about maybe murdering his father. Luis is like fingering that ancient bullet that they found. He's like fingering kind of, the bullet. Yeah, he's like playing with it. I don't know how else to say well, it. Well, the way when it, I wasn't expecting Luis's fingering, <laughs> and I like when you said it, I was like, "Where's she going with this?" He's fingering the bullet. He's he's playing with it. Yeah, he's fidgeting. With he's it. fidgeting. He's fidget spinning the bullet. <laughs> and he says, you know, one day I am going to put all the pieces together. Um, it might it may not be this day, but one day I will. And he's like, you know what? I'm not feeling like dancing right now. This is crazy of me to think that this was a good birthday present for my mother. It's going to bring up all these weird memories for her because the last memory I have of my parents doing the Paso was when right around the time that my father disappeared. So this is all crazy and this is a bad idea. And um, then they start dancing again. Yeah, Sheridan, <laughs> Sheridan convinces him to keep doing the dance lessons. She, she's like, well, maybe it maybe you're thinking about it the wrong way. Maybe she will. It will re- remind her of a happier time. I yeah. don't know. I, res- I can see both sides. And they resume dancing. And this is actually when they start making out. They kiss again. <laughs> They're like making out. Then they make out They because they dance for a second. Yeah. And then they make out. And then they dance for another second. And then Luis stops the music saying, I can't do this. Mm. And Sheridan is super disappointed. So am I. I just can't do this. It's like, no, yes, you can. But he does say, he says, I don't think it's in your best interest because I'm supposed to be your bodyguard and I shouldn't be crossing this line with someone that I'm supposed to be protecting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. But I also was like, I guess he never saw the movie, The Bodyguard. But also, like, then why would you instate Hank as a supplementary bodyguard when you know that shared that he's interested in her you yeah. know like he wants to cross the line like i whatever so it's just an excuse louise is scared yeah louise is scared and i mean it's a plausible excuse and i can understand why he's like this i mean it is at the very least inappropriate yeah you know yeah i get it yeah it no is, i get i get yeah. it too i get it too and i but i also do think that it is an excuse so that he yeah. Can hide his feelings because he is falling in love with a crane and he hates those cranes. Yeah. Well, and Sheridan accepts this answer and they don't fight. I really thought they were going to start fighting again. Mm-hmm. I did. When he said that it's for your best interest, I was like, uh oh, that's going to set Sheridan off. But no, 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 no. Because then he explained um, better than like, I'm doing this for you. It's like, well, I'm also doing it for me. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Hank. We should talk about Hank. Hank. Hank is being stalked by Les. Hank is being stalked by Les. Les is aiming his the barrel of his gun at Hank's two nieces. Uh, Hank kind of puts himself between the window and the girls and then is like, go to the living room now. Turn on the baseball game. We're going to order a pizza. Blah, blah, blah. So Hank goes outside to confront Les because he's tired of the threats. Yes. And he tells him, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to 
kill Sheridan. And then he Les says, well, if you don't kill Sheridan, I'm basically going to kill your entire family. And Hank is still refusing. But then Kay walks into the kitchen and is standing in full view of Les. So Les points his gun at Kay and goes, say bye-bye to KK. (laughs) (laughs) Say bye-bye to KK. So then I think Hank pulls his gun out. He fights Les for the gun. And then Les's goons show up. And then there's like a whole like situation and Les finally draws the line in the sand and says, who's going to die, Sheridan or your brother's daughter? Mm-hmm. So they come to an agreement where Hank won't have to pull the trigger. Les will pull the trigger, but Hank will set Sheridan up. He'll get her to the wharf and get her in a spot where Les has a clear, uh, a clear view and can take her out. Yeah, he agrees. And so then he goes over to the cottage and um, we see before Hank gets there, that Sheridan wants to go out for a walk on the property. She goes, we can just walk around the property, which I think is kind of reasonable. But Luis refuses. He's like, no, you got to stay here. We got to stay inside. Like you're in danger. So we're going to stay here. Then Hank comes in and tries to convince Luis to take a break. But Luis, of course, doesn't want to leave because he's like super in love with Sheridan and and he's enjoying his alone time with her. Mm -hmm. And, um, but Luis does eventually leave. Hank's like, I'm not doing anything. You should take a break. Go get some paperwork done, whatever. So Luis leaves and and then Sheridan suggests to Hank that they should go for a walk on the wharf. She suggests it to, to him, which is the exact place that Hank was supposed to be getting Sheridan, Sheridan to go to. So she's really putting herself on a silver platter for less mm-hmm. uh, without all, unbeknownst to her. And all Hank has to do is agree. All he has to do is say, okay. And he does. And he does. And they go down to the, the fucking uh, wharf. Also, Hank is acting so sus. Mm-hmm. He is acting so weird. He clearly does not want to do this, but he feels like he has no other choice. And um, I think at one point he tells Les, I'm going to tell my brother and I'm just going to come out with the truth. And mm-hmm. Les talks him down because he's like, that's ridiculous. You're not going to do that. And of course, he doesn't do that. But um, he is acting so shady. He is, well, he's he acting is shady. so fucking shady. Like, I mean, not even concealing it at all. And no one brings it up. Mm mm. No, he's he is he is very shady. But you know what? Hank is a shady character. Mm. Maybe they just know he's fucking shady, mm. you know? So w- that happens. Hank is agreeing to go down to the wharf. Meanwhile, really quickly at the police station, Luis is down there and has a very interesting conversation with Sam where he says that if Sheridan wasn't a crane, he would run after her and never let her go. Mm. That he cares for her so much. He is completely honest with his feelings for the very first time mm-hmm. and i loved it because i was yes. like yes he's finally just saying it out loud yeah um he's like but her being a crane does complicate things and sam says that he gets it sam is like i understand what you're saying um and louis says you know anytime i think there could be something between us the past rears its ugly head and it gets involved and it's just it seems like it's something that we can't move past and Sam is like, I, I hear you. And once you're done protecting her, you need to make a clean break. Mm-hmm. And Luis is like, yeah, maybe that's something I should put in writing. And I think that's why Sam wrote that note to Ivy. 
Oh. Because Louise was like, that maybe that's something I should put in writing. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, down at the wharf, Hank has gotten shared into the wharf. He's trying to stand clear um, so that Les has a clear shot. Sheridan's talking to him and goes, quote, the drug cartel isn't even after me anymore. <laughs> what makes you think that? I don't know what makes her think that if the drug cartel, if they're, if the FBI had like information that the drug, drug cartel had given up, they wouldn't be spending money, even though they're not really spending much money, but they wouldn't be spending any resources on protecting you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a dumb thing to say. And then Hank immediately <laughs> gets shot because <laughs> he has second thoughts about, you know, setting Sheridan up. And when he sees less ready to fire, he jumps in front of Sheridan mm-hmm. and throws her to the ground. And he takes a bullet. He takes a bullet for Sheridan. And he's telling her, get out of here. Get out of here. This, they're, they're, they're here for you. And she refuses to leave him, which I understand. Yeah. I fully understand. Um, yeah. I get him saying, like, you should run. But I also understand. Oh, I just don't know what I would. Do. I know. I I see. But I see him being like, "Get the fuck out of her," and I he, I see her being like, "No, like I'm not gonna leave you here." You know? Yeah. It's tr- it's that's a tricky one. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. But luckily, a good Samaritan shows up and was like, "I saw everything. I called an ambulance. Like the cops are on their way." Um, except an ambulance never shows except up. Except an ambulance never shows up, and then the good Samaritan fucks off. And then Les is like still lurking in the corner. The officers. So the the Harmony PD arrives fairly quickly to the scene Luis what's his name Sam shows up and then like five other extra officers and Sam's like uh search the area don't let him get away blah 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 and then Luis Luis says to well Sheridan says it's all my fault and Luis goes you're damn right it is you're just like all those other cranes other people's lives mean nothing to you Mm -hmm. and to be Louise has kind of a point because she kept wanting to go outside and he kept telling her your life is in danger. And she doesn't think about the fact that I'm guarding you. So my job is to take a bullet for you should you be in the line of fire. So my life is on the line, too. And I don't think she really thought about that when she was complaining about not about going outside and going to the wharf. It's kind of like how everyone was cooped up in their homes for months and months and months. And then a bunch of people decided, nah, fuck it. We're going to keep gathering outside, even though there's a pandemic and we're going to have these big parties. And, you know, we don't we're not going to think about everybody else. And Mm -hmm. no, we're not going to get vaccinated. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of it honestly is is like it's like a small scale version of that entitled thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, And so then he says to her, Hank and I put our lives on the line to keep you safe. And she says, I will never forgive myself for Hank getting shot. Eve comes down to the wharf to examine Hank on the wharf. He takes off his, his fucking shirt. I mean, presumably he's got a gunshot wound to the fucking chest. Right. Eve, Eve examines him and says, it's just a, tis merely a flesh wound. And you should still go to the (laughs) hospital. Uh, it's crazy to me Hank is Hank is like acting up a storm I took this bullet for you I'm dying you gotta get out of here and he was like it grazed you and you're fine <laughs> remember when Sheridan got shot yep she thought it was a, she bee, thought sting. It was a bee sting Hank is rolling around on the pier <laughs> writhing in pain yeah 
So he's putting on quite the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm such a hero. So she checks him out. He's fine, but they never go to the hospital. Of course not. Which you have to do. Yes. It's a gunshot. Yes. You have to. Of course. Like legally. Legally, she has to like report it. Like yes. it's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> Sheridan apologizes to Hank. He tells her it's not his, uh, it's not her fault. And then he tells Luis not to blame her because he's the one who brought her down there. Mm. And then um, the Harmony PD gets a lead on the shooter and Luis goes running after where the lead is. And then Sheridan, fucking Sheridan is like, oh my gosh. I have to go like Luis calls. Um, sorry. Luis actually goes off for the lead. He calls when he finds the shooter where he thinks he is. He calls for backup and to, to Hank Sheridan overhears this and she runs with Hank runs off with Hank saying, I'll never forgive myself. If Luis gets hurt, bitch, he's going to get hurt. If you get hurt, like if you, something happens to you, that it, you are just making the situation worse because now he doesn't have to just worry about himself. Now he's going to have to worry about you showing up to this Batman warehouse. It looked like ba- <laughs> like the, the Batmans from the 80s and the 90s. Yes. Um, it looked like those warehouses that they would fight in. It totally did. Didn't it? It totally did. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and, and the whole premise of this is absurd because it's like, Luis and Hank should obviously get Sheridan the fuck out of there and Sam and his cops should be exploring the area for the shooter. Like the whole thing makes no sense. But, but Luis, Sher- Luis wants Sher- to call her. Sheridan saying, I can't get Luis killed because of me. And then running into the danger zone. I absurd. Mean, absurd. I can't deal with her. I cannot deal with her. This, I was like, what the fuck is this bitch thinking? No, she's not. What are you thinking? This thing? What are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do? And then um, in the warehouse, we do see Luis has gone in and he's, you know, looking for Les and Les has found Luis and has his gun trained on him from the back. Which also Sam told Luis, don't you Mm -hmm. dare go in there by yourself. You call for backup and you wait. Yeah. And of course, Luis is breaking the rules, too. So he's going in like no one is doing Mm -hmm. the thing they're supposed to do. Sam does not have control of his officers. Sam is not qualified for his job while he is not. He was not to blame for the boat disaster. Ethan still should <laughs> still should put a, bo- a, a, a oversight board together to, to look into his mishandling of the Harmony PD. Mm. He's mm. not qualified for this job. Did he even go to the academy? Also, where's the FBI? Where's the FBI? Where's Hal? Where is Hal? Why are they, are they still in D.C.? Like, do they not have a, 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 a base in somewhere near yeah, they Harmony, should, they should like have a in team. Massachusetts? They should have their team assembled in Harmony. Yeah, you've got a case here. There should be a couple of agents here. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be Louis. Well, they've de- the, uh, Luis is the FBI. He's been deputized. He's been deputized. Luis and Hank are the FBI. Oh, my God, this is insane. <laughs> so... <laughs> Luis and Hank. That's the show for today. Oh, that's the show. And, that's uh, the tea. It was very fun. So as always, you thank you for listening. Um, and remember that you can always catch us on social media. We are on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. You can send us an email at passionspodcast at gmail.com or catch us on the website. And remember, you can find us on patreon.com slash passions podcast and become a patron like our best friends, Munashe, Marcus, 
Erica, Breland, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Andrew, Heather, Randall, Bridget, Ashley, and Dawn. Yeah. Thank you all so, so very much. And uh, that's it. That's our show. That's it. So, so. you are my passion for life.